Welcome back into Soccer Mom Sunday podcast with some nice music, JB. You like this nice pick underneath, yeah. I'm projecting and predicting a Sunday morning like people that are tuning in right now. They're on their couch. They've got their coffee. Or two of them. Second coffee. This, this was a two-cup day for me already or, uh, by recording. Irish coffee. <laughs> So, Those yeah. are delicious. <laughs> I'm, going for, I'm going for the mood. I'm predicting the mood. All right, predicting the mood. So, how's your week been so far? Uh, good, good. It's been, uh, you know, it just the chaos doesn't stop. You know no. the deal. That's right. You know, when you got more than one that are active, it's just it's just everything. It's like I don't know. And we've kind of done it to ourselves, you know, like as a as yeah. a whole. And, oh, and, totally. and I'm t- totally guilty of. It's not FOMO, it's not fear of missing out, but it's definitely um, sometimes I think fear of keeping up, right? Like, you know, God forbid my kid doesn't participate, you know, doesn't take advantage of the free, not free, yeah. club club dues are paying for it, you know, technical yeah. training on Sunday because what if that impacts? And, and I find myself sometimes I'm like, no, we're taking the day off. And then it's like, ah, just go. They just go. No, I and know. it's so social for them too. For my kids, it's it's social. It, is Harper is the one I'm talking about? We are, last Sunday we were at uh, Lufus. They had their, you know, the, the the technical training that's part of the program. Then we paid for finishing school, mm-hmm. which he does like. Who doesn't like to shoot for an hour? I, I do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, it's I like used the to. Like a driving range. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I I did get to spend a couple of hours catching up on work. There is a nice parent room there. <laughs> she rolled her eyes and she's like, "Are you going to watch any of it?" I'm like, "Okay, I'll come in for the last 15 watch minutes." You yeah, thank shoot. you. Shoot. Uh, maybe. And yes, watch, I love you. Watch you <laughs> not shooting. pay attention to things. Oh, it's like you're at home. So, um, but yeah, it was one of those where it was good. And then I went and did the the, the radio show at KMOX, um, and we you know, where she drew and colored on the floor while I was doing a show with Nate. And it was a good time, but it was definitely time where there was a moment in the day where I'm like, at any point in time, I, maybe not the KMOX show, but I could have, we can say no. You well, can say, I don't want to do that at any point well, in time. Well, I'm wondering <laughs> though, you know, we, we talk, everybody talks, the, the pros talk, parents talk, authors talk about, you know, kids that tend to thrive, tend to stay active and they're busy and, you know, you keep them in the extracurriculars, be it academic or athletic or, or whatever, um, you know, and it's like so highly encouraged. And I'm like, well, when's the tipping point? When can we take that shit off my plate? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be I don't need to be stimulated anymore. I'm looking for my downtime. Yeah. Is that at 40, 45? Is that post kids? Like I'm waiting. <laughs> And, and, and I don't. You it's know, a question. Is it what is a that question. Is. <laughs> and when you do, I, 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 I hate social media. So I'll just say that right now. But I do get drawn in after. But, uh, I don't go. Well, I do go uh, for two reasons. Are you a scroller or are you reels? Oh, I saw you got into reels. Oh, look at you. My kids You're told such me a big, to. big boy. You're growing up. I, know. I figured out how to <laughs> no, do. your kids the, made fun uh, of you. Is yeah, what it is. Oh my God, Max, <laughs> my little guy. I said, check it out, Max. I did a reel. He's like, yes. And then he watched it. He goes, nerd. <laughs> Like, whatever, awesome. dude. I pay the mortgage. Yeah, I usually I can am, do what I want. Um, my 15 year old, when I want to, because I Instagram, I don't know why it's so hard. Facebook's easy. Twitter's pretty easy to post to unless you have a spelling mistake and then you're you can't stand it as a perfectionist and you have to go delete and repost it, uh, like me all the time. But Instagram is just weird for me. So Marin usually will take it. My 15 year old, but I'm like, stop putting sparkles on it. Yeah. Stop adding 
Yeah. And what do, what I do, don't need what the Mars filter. Do? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't even yeah. look like that. <laughs> She's yeah. like, you I'm look so you. good. I'm like, what are you doing? So that's, that's the, I don't even, if I've done a reel, it's been by accident. Or she put sparkles yeah. on it. Wait a second. I didn't mean to post that video there, but why is it getting more views? Oh, yeah. they said it's better there. <laughs> it's okay. because it attracts yeah. attention. Oh, I'm just like, and then it'll ask, you know, hit post. And it's like, would you like to create a real? No, no. I said, post it. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. But I have figured out <clears throat> stories. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then my posts end up in these hashtags, dude knows Jack. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, and I, I didn't put that in there. Hashtag, okay. So <laughs> here's here, hashtags. Let's jump second on hashtags. Okay. So it's enough to do the at so you can tag people. And you better get it right too. I've done it wrong or sometimes I've gotten, it, it got more, like you said, it got more attention than that per person I was going to tag. And I was like, oh, hey, sorry, but thanks. Um, but hashtags then, first of all, they take up a lot of space if it's Twitter. Right. And then you have to figure out, you start it and then so many, I'm like, which one do I pick? Well, I, I it's hope. too many things. I'm really honestly praying that Twitter X, whatever Elon is calling it, I just hope it implodes. I don't understand. Because I can't stand the formatting. I'm not going to pay eight bucks a month. I save my $8 a month for the increase on Hulu every month that started off at 10 and now it's like 97. Um, I'm not going to give them the money. <laughs> But it's like we got to jump around to these these platforms and true story, funny story <clears throat> about getting the names right. My wife was a holdout on Facebook for a long, long time. Me too, till I was forty. Yeah, and you know, being a Gen Xer, um, her you know her favorite show in the college years was Friends, and her first name because she didn't want anybody following her. She's like, I don't need this high school reunion. She was Anastasia Beaverhausen. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. And I tried to tag it one time, first time, like, oh, it's a picture of our kids. Check it out. And, uh, Anastasia. and I spelled it wrong. Well, the person that I <laughs> spelled it wrong was, she was a pro. Oh. <laughs> so, so I learned my lesson early on. Oh, double check the at first, <laughs> and then tag them. So, I do. I anyway. do. I do. So it was interesting. Um, you and I usually, you know, the, the show comes out on Sundays and by Monday-ish, maybe, maybe same day for, we've got some dedicated listeners already, which is awesome, but we get some feedback um, oh, yeah. almost immediately. I think you get more than me, um, but it's interesting to hear and hear my favorite part about, doesn't matter which episode, whether you, and it doesn't matter which side you're on of whatever the conversation is, but it rang and it, and it hit you in some way and mm -hmm. you connected with it. Um, just shared a story about <clears throat> Jackie Billet's episode and on episode, I think it was four. Um, someone connected with me through Mind to Define because it's a business and it was, it was a player who played later but knew of Jackie and wanted to connect. And I got the information and connected the two. And, and then Jackie was like, actually, I knew of this player. And it's super cool to, to have that kind of connection ability or somebody to go, that sounded just like what I went through with Kelly Nelson. Yeah. One of my kids went through the exact same thing. Nice to know I'm not alone. Yeah, no, it's been really, um, I, 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 I wouldn't say that I'm surprised, but I'm really kind of taken aback at the depth of the replies of those that are like commenting or, or messaging because it's not just, hey, thanks for, you know, putting more women on and telling these stories. It's literally like, hey, I really appreciate this subject because I have X, Y, and Z experience with it. Yeah. It's very detailed, like, uh, you know, the, the answers are more than a thumbs up, you know, an emoji. So 
I think the stories are going well, and I think you know the circle that you run in, in particular, and the guests that you're bringing on were we're we're giving voice to a whole side of this experience. <clears throat> excuse me, that we all have as parents, as players, ex-players, coaches, etc. That it, it doesn't go away. You know, we can talk about goals, and we can talk about trophies, and we can talk about club and. You know, my kid got cut, didn't get cut. But, you know, once you peel that onion back a little bit, mm -hmm. that's the real stuff. So kudos to you on, you know, keeping it going. And it's it's been fun. Well, it was you know. your idea. And it was it was great. I mean, it, what I love, what you will, I think, I think I, I think I can feel good about every episode so far. It doesn't matter who they were and who we're having on, is that this, this side of the soccer dad pod, the soccer mom side, is largely people who feel unseen or have felt unheard. So people all along who, whether they were a mom in the stands rooting um, and or a player of some sort, you know, they, we work towards players, we work towards the ability for my daughters to, if they want to, dream about Julie Ertz, right? She's gonna leave the game, it's gonna make me cry. And she's not even somebody I could look up to, I'm older, right? Um, but my daughters can. And yep. it leads to conversations about, I don't, you know, right now they've got, they're torn between what the 15 year old says she's going to, but the seven year old's like, I might do that and be on the voice and, you know, America's next got talent, you know, ta next talent, whatever. She's got many, many dreams. And, but it's cool that this can be one of them if she right. wants it to. And that for me anyway, and I definitely for women older than me, it was not even a thing. You, you didn't even, it was like, there is an old VCR tape somewhere in my parents' house. VHS. No, VCR tape. Oh, VHS tape, but yes. it played on a VCR. That's right. Okay, but you know those things that <laughs> yeah. my kids look, look at it and they're like, what? And I had been interviewed at Lindenwood. I won some nerd award, it was nerd. And in my senior year, and Channel 5 came out. And I think largely because the athletic director at Lindenwood hooked that up. Like we want some attention. And so they came out and it's a little sad actually, because in that v, in that VHS tape, I end up saying, <laughs> you know, they say, Oh, you're going to go on and, and do that. And I was like, well, I'll go on and get my graduate degree because it's not like, you know, there's no path in soccer is basically what I said. Now there of course was, there was a women's national team, but sure. there was no line of sight easily seen at least by somebody like me in St. Louis we were fortunate to have Jackie Billet on who had one cap, but even then it was so hard to see like, how did that happen? How did that occur? Where now girls can see it. It's cool. Well, I think for, you know, our generation, because you and I are basically the same age, it's the pathway was just go to college. Like it, that, that was the goal, right? Go to college, get an education, try to supplement school, keep playing because the reality is the, the fraction, the percentage of opportunities was, microcosm I mean it was just so small um, you know and even even on the men's side yes of course men's professional soccer was much more advanced but in the United States in those years NASL was dead and NASL was flooded with foreign players anyway the indoor was <clears throat> a club MLS was until much later and even when that started there was only eight teams you know do the math we have 325 million people mm -hmm. so um, I, I just think that what, what we're doing here is just sh showing respect to the conversation. Yeah. Just and I open think it up. for the, for the, for every, maybe not older, um, but definitely my age for sure, for more than half of the guys my age who played, um, more than half of their female counterparts also played. We just usually played in shittier times or on shittier days with shittier equipment or lack thereof. 
And, you know, those are, there's still people who killed it and pushed the game forward mm -hmm. um, to the point where it gets now. And we know there's still, you know, in any sport, and, and our next guest will be able to talk a lot of that right. from a, a much wider perspective. So are you ready for our next I guest? I definitely am. Definitely am. So I want to welcome in. So uh, and a Soccer Mom Sunday with two Jens, uh, Jen Brooks, CMAA Athletic Director, uh, Ursuline Academy here in St. Louis, as well as how we actually got connected was through her global community of women's sports. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. So when I first made my kind of debut into the mindset space and started making, well, new connections, but reconnecting. Um, Mike Janis, athletic director, who went to uh, Lindenwood, played on the men's team at the same time I played on the women's team, was like, hey, this is really cool what you're doing. First, you need to do a couple of things. One, you need to get on Twitter. And I was like, no, Mike. And he's like, no, yeah, we, Jen. Yeah, we just covered you, that. You got to get on Twitter <laughs> because high school is very, very networked. And he's like, if I don't, if I'm at a game and I don't post what the score is, I just get flooded with text. I have to like, I literally get on there just to keep everybody updated on scores of games. Number one, number two, he's like, she's got this other community. We've been in meetings before and you should probably be a part of it. So we connected on a Zoom and I was like, can I be, can I come to your, your party? And she's like, I, she's big on having a seat at the table. And I just thank you for that. It's been really eye-opening, some of the, of the things that you do in that um, community and wanted you to maybe speak on, you know, just yourself overall first and then getting to that point where you're, you're, you're an athletic, athletic director and so much more. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've, I've been at Ursuline for 30 years. This oh, my gosh. Right? I did not know that. I was um, when I was hired for the job, sister said, how old are you? And I said, sister, I'll be 21 before school starts. I was a baby, <laughs> um, but I was, um, this is my 28th year as the athletic director, so I've learned on the job, that is for sure. My, you know, my undergraduate's in theology. I thought I was going to be a high school religion teacher, and I was going to coach and do all those things, and, you know, there was a different plan for me, and I'm okay about that, so... And your mother, I know you've shared. Yes, yes. It's funny. I keep saying I have kids, and I do have kids, but they're adults now, so my daughter, Nora, is 25, and my son, uh, Luke, is 23. Wow. Yeah. Were, were they athletes? So they have been a huge, important part of my athletic journey. Nora um, was an athlete. She played uh, two sports in high school. She went on to play college. She uh, went to Spring Hill in Mobile, Alabama, went there to play basketball, ended up playing two minutes her freshman year and had a career-ending injury. Oh, no. Geez. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but that's always been um, a story that I utilize with my student athletes to say, hey, when you go to this school, do you love it? You know, because what happens if you, you know, tomorrow you can't ever play your sport again? Will you still love the school? Because there's so many young people that are choosing schools just to say they got a college scholarship. Yeah. And, and so. Or it's level in their play, right? right? I want to be this level, go here, and right. they hate the environment. Well, Absolutely. Well, right. the other thing is, too, with soccer specifically, on both the men's and the women's side, you're starting to see rosters that are 25, 30. Oh, I've yeah. seen some that are more. You come in as a freshman or even a sophomore, the, realistically, your minutes, playing minutes, are going to be way off in the distance. So the mental preparation of choosing the right school for, you know, the 51% of the other reasons that really should matter. Exactly. You know, it, it, that's an important lesson. Right, for sure. And I, and I talk to them about that all the time because the reality of, you know, 99.9% .9 of these athletes is they're not going to play past high school, really, but really more even so, especially from the women's side, 
you know, past college. So, and then um, uh, Nora also is on my coaching staff now. So now she's one. Oh my of, gosh. Yes, she's on my um, bar varsity basketball team as an assistant. And I love it because here I have a coach who's not afraid to say, hey, athletic director. Hey, mom. <laughs> I don't think this is a smart idea. Or would you consider this? You know, or, you know, I, I hope I have, you know, an opening enough uh, environment with my staff. But Nora for sure keeps me do, in line. Do you, do you make her do the drills too and touch the line? And <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> That's then, amazing. Yeah. And then my son, Luke, um, he has given me probably the most important perspective on sports because he liked sports out of the least of us. So my husband's, you a huge posted something on that. I don't probably, remember where it was, yeah. but you wrote something about that. Yeah. So, you know, my husband's a huge sports fan. He, you know, he started dating me because he knew I played soccer. And when he saw me coming back to school late one night, I also had my softball glove on top of my uh, laundry <laughs> basket. So he's like, I need to know more about her. <laughs> So, you know, Don's a huge sports fan, Nora's a huge sports fan, I'm a huge sports fan, and then there's Luke, who I dragged to every game in field and gym possible because I was working. Um, and he went on and he played high school football. And Luke is the first person in our family to win a state championship. So his junior year in high school, he won a football state championship. Which high school? He was at Vianney, he went to okay. Vianney. Nice. And, you know, Luke didn't play much. Um, so I sat in the stands as a parent, experiencing a kid not playing much. So, you know, I have that experience to live by. You know, I sat with Nora and she played and started. Sure. I sat and watched Luke not play, so I know what that felt like. Um, and so Luke played junior year. Senior year, he said, I'm not gonna play football. And I said, why, bud? And, you know, cause first off, he don't want to state championship. Personally, as a player, coach, athlete, athletic director, I'd never want to state championship. I thought that was the pinnacle of high school sports. And, I couldn't understand why he didn't want to still be a part of that. And also when the experience happened, I was kind of like, oh, this is all it is. Like, okay, life still goes on tomorrow and nothing really changed. So that was a big perspective for me as well. But he said, mom, I don't have, it doesn't make me happy. I don't find joy in it. And I thought, wow, you know, um, there is life without sports. You can find joy without sports. And Luke taught me that. And I will forever be grateful for, for that. And he went on to do um, track and field and he loved that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that Luke taught me that there's um, life bigger is bigger than sports. Especially when you've been one and it's been, you know, you talk about your laundry basket with, you know, it was having two, your, your backpack on, but then your sports bag on in high school. I remember bringing that to Eureka and you had to go and it's like, God, can I get down to the, 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 the locker room and get it into a locker before? Otherwise, I'm trucking this stupid bag around all day long and my back is killing me. Um, when you have that, it's awesome it's a great part of your life but sometimes we forget i think as athletes that not everybody wants to do that right. um my oldest has has since he did not decide the same thing for his his senior year he's found his way on the acting and voice side at kirkwood and we i really i thought any minute he's so gonna, so he's when is he gonna do yes. our commercials yeah <laughs> don't get him started. He'll, he'll do it he's got a great voice <laughs> um he it was i thought and it's funny because i found myself pushing um, and I realized he finally looked at me at one point. He goes, mom, stop. And I was like, oh no, this is only like three or four months ago. Cause I thought he's just tired. He's just, why would he not want to do his senior year? That's crazy. But the fact that he had the courage and you have built that relationship with him that he could say to you, stop, stop it, that's, just that's stop huge it. because I see so many young people that are playing sports that are only playing because 
that's what their parents want. It makes their parents happy, but it's not making them happy. Yeah. I see it all the time. You must see it a whole lot more. And and you know what, Jen, he doesn't he doesn't regret it. Yeah. He does. I thought he would, mm-hmm. and I was gonna maybe save him. But which, by the way, maybe you don't. Well, who's what is it my right to save him from learning the consequence or just you know the result of a choice? Consequence sometimes implies bad, but the result of a choice. He's made his choice. He's got his result. And at this point, he's, he's loving it. He's loving life at now. And they're in season. And he, I'm like, yeah, I've even poked a couple times. I was like, hey, did you, ever, you see any of the soccer guys? He's like, yeah, they're cool. I say, hi, good luck. He doesn't, he's good. He's good. I almost took that from him. Yeah. Well, Jen, I have a question uh, in regards to this subject matter. <clears throat> As the AD, um, you have all the programs, you have all the teams, you know, all the way down through freshman level, you, you know, so, you know, when I think in, in our world, predominantly of just soccer, you have a team and there might be, you know, if, if it's a young team, maybe 12, that's in a 6v6, 7v7 league, up to 18, 20 on, an, uh, on 11 v 11. So mathematically speaking, a coach has 20 f- families to deal with. You have hundreds and when it comes to this, like being aware of the kids' happiness, uh, their drive, or maybe their frustration or lack of interest in playing, do you work with your staff to look for that, um, not only in the students, but, you know, because parents aren't going to be quiet. And I have to assume you've crossed a fuse path, right? How do you manage that process? It's constant conversation about what's really important. And in today's world, you know, we talk about high school sports, and high school sports is an extension of the classroom, right? So it's completely different than your club experience. I hope it is. It should be. It better be. And so we can use high school sports as a vehicle to teach other things through sports, right? So we can talk about, we can use our coaching staff to tell these kids about, if you're not happy, here's how you use your voice to make change. Right? Here's how you stick up for yourself. Here's how you be confident for yourself. And I always tell my young ladies, these student athletes, I am the, I'm the advocate for you. I care about you. I'm going to help you speak your truth. I love my coaches, but I really am more worried about you. I want to help you. So it's helping them find their voice, find their courage through this vehicle we call sports. And power, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you, you have in your um, global community, and we'll probably weave in and out of that, of, of um, that, that one of the, the power of being the only, you know, woman in the room, uh, that voice and, and finding yourself, you, you know, we talk about in, I just left a meeting with a gentleman we, who's got old, you know, very old network in soccer. And he connected, he reached out to connect with me because he said, there's, there's still not enough women. I'm like, yo, I'll, let's have a coffee. And so we did. And, you know, all the names, names many times, JB, are on the Soccer Dad pod part. You know, a really a really big network, but it's old. It's not that's bad. It's just it's an old, long network. It's predominantly male. And I haven't found it. I haven't found it unwelcoming. I have found it at times hard to be heard. I uh, got to get a little louder maybe sometimes. Or And you're sitting in, I know, one of the meetings, I think the first one I came on that you had, you were you were the featured speaker. So sometimes you feature speakers, but you also will sometimes, and you were speaking on how um, being an athletic director amongst mostly male athletic directors and the power of legacy, that 
athletic directors many times, it's legacy through a family. So a grandpa will be athletic director, then the dad will, then your son will be athletic director in that you have a little different part of that journey, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so it, sitting in these, you know, for 28 years, I've been an athletic director and always, most often the only woman in the room. And that was super, super frustrating. And about five or six years ago, and I don't know what the catalyst was. I don't know why I started to say not anymore, but something changed within me. And I said, not anymore. And so I started speaking up. I started going to these rooms and moving people aside, moving the men aside, moving their, they had put all their stuff all over the table and I just pushed they them man aside. Spreaded, um, they man-spreaded, yes, they man-spreaded their shit all over the table. Yes, I know. that's exactly what they did. Please explain. Okay. <laughs> JV does not know it. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, I just, and I, I, you know, I was nervous, right? God, yeah. Um, but I knew I had to because I couldn't keep on living feeling like I had something to say and it wasn't being said. So, um, you know, and then, and then having the courage to reach out to a few of the men in the room and create friendships and create allies. And advocates, right? And advocates, absolutely. And then knowing, the, and then knowing that I've been doing this for so long and no one showed me the ropes, no one helped me, no one opened doors, no one pushed back a chair for me to sit in, nothing, and I thought, no way. This is, I absolutely refused for this to go on. So I want for the next person who is the athletic director at Ursuline Academy or wherever I go, that their journey to that chair is so much easier than it was for me. Yeah. And I've been in, in your meetings and I am not an athletic director. I literally did it because it was a good connection and I needed connection and with people that felt the same way as, as I have too. And also just kind of a line of sight into athletic directors and coaches working in the mindset part portion, but it was interesting. It almost, it's a very informative community that you have with a lot of, but it's also, I found there's a pieces of it that's cathartic for people to go, oh my God, me too. This has happened to me too. What did you do? Yes. Or you're fine. This is, this will get better. Yes. A thousand percent. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, that's why I created it because, you know, I went to, to, you know, let's be honest, the national organization that houses high school athletic directors and asked them if they would create space for female athletic directors. And I was told no. That's bullshit. Uh, but, you know, I asked <laughs> a man. And, and within the, we're recent times, right? We're not talking. We're talking five years ago. Okay. And so I asked the man who was in charge and, you know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he doesn't experience. And he wasn't willing to hear what I experienced either. So that was part of the problem. And so, you know, I'm built in a way that says, okay, if you're going to tell me no, but I still think this is important, well, then I'm just going to create the space. And so then I created the Global Community of Women High School Sports because it needs to be better for, you know, the athletic directors. It needs to be better for the coaches. It needs to be better for the young women that we work with. You know, like I think you said it early, you know, if they can see it, they can be it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there was... I, I coached or I played three sports in high school. I played three sports yeah, in college. Yeah, what were your three? Wait, softball, soccer, soccer, softball, and basketball. Basketball, same. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but in all those years, in, in high school and college, I never had a coach that looked like me. You know, I never had an athletic director, athletic director that looked like me. Well, that's not entirely true because my dad was the athletic director and we sort of look like but It was in the nose. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was definitely not in the nose. <laughs> Love you, dad. Sorry. <laughs> But you spoke about that too. How did he play? Um, there's a there's an interesting part when you're you know a, a female in a space, right? Woman in a space, 
And it can be annoying sometimes to have to lean on a man or a male to give you credibility, but at the same time, it's so incredibly important that they are there, at, at least right now. It would be great for a day where it doesn't matter, but that's what we're working towards. But where, what kind of things did he tell you? It was like, did he understand? Because he doesn't have your perspective from this point of view, yet he's been an AD. Right. I don't think he ever really said anything. It was what he didn't say, probably, because he never told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. He never said, well, you're a woman. You can't do it. Right. Right. Um, I tagged along with him. He, you know, I, my greatest memories growing up are being on the sidelines at Bishop DeBerg while he was coaching his football games, you know, and, and all that went into game day football on a Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. I, those were my fondest memories. Um, and my dad following him around those whole days, you know, he never said you can't do this, you can't do that. The only thing I couldn't do was go into the coach's office because you had to go through the, lock, the boys' locker room to get to the coach's office. So I would sit outside for a bit reading my book. But, you know, that kind of foreshadowed how I felt in my career, you know, sitting outside, not always oh. being invited in because I'm a woman. That's interesting, right? So, yeah. So, but now I... Um, now I don't let that happen. Now I knock on the door. Now I sometimes just say, you may not I'm want me coming in here, in. but I'm coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I will avert my eyes, right? gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming in. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I used to say that, or I still say, you know, I, my superpower is that I can be, in, I have invisibility. I can be invisible because I walk in a room and people don't acknowledge me or, you know, I, they're not. You, you can know. learn a lot that way, huh? Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're talking to everybody else that walks in. Hey, how was your, you know, this and that? And I'm, you know, invisible and, you know, but that doesn't happen anymore because I make them see me when yeah. I walk in those rooms. And, and I think you get surprised too I find um, you have what you think might at the time and be unlikely but you have unlikely allies that when when we are strong enough to say all right I'm done some, usually it gets to the point like you you're like enough same with me like enough but when you do I found like like one of one of my night coolest advocates as VP of the St. Louis Sports Commission Chris Roseman we sat over at Daily Bread, where we're over here at, we didn't say it by the way, Circle 7 in Des Perez, um, in De Pere, <laughs> feeds my children on a regular basis. Awesome, love them. And Daily Bread's right across and we met and I remember um, he was connecting me with a, a, a female coach who he feels is promising and he was then also connecting me with somebody else he thought was promising. And I remember at the time, I just kind of started this broadcast deal with, with soccer and I was feeling fraudy. I was feeling impostery. And I'm like, ah, I think I'm just here because I'm a, I'm a voice, but it's a female voice. And he's like, who cares? He literally, we stopped, he used to put his coffee down. He goes, who cares? Who cares? He's like, for so many decades and longer, your gender has been overlooked. So who cares? If, if they want you for that reason, you you have experience, you are legitimate, you're not, you're not there because you don't know anything about what you're doing. Take it and run so that people younger than you don't have to worry about that. And let, I was like, oh. I want to ask the two of you this question in regards to that because it's it, for me, you know, I, clearly sitting on the other side of the fence watching this, um, uh, a situation like yours um, where- Which gen? Uh, Who are you looking at? They don't know. Jen, host, host <laughs> Jen, um, you know, talking about how you felt as if you were checking a box. Um, is, is there a way or do we think there will come a point um, where the boxes are just kind of not there to, well, we have to, 
but but they're there because we want to, right? They're so, curious rather than required, or, maybe? Or, or, or just, just kind of like, is it, can't we see a world potentially where the boxes are there, not because, uh, again, we need to, uh, you know, satisfy a, an underlying demand, but it's because this is how we operate. So this is part of our culture. Have you seen any kind of push in that direction, um, you know, f from your position, Jen, AD Jen, um, <laughs> you know, and especially in sport? So I haven't seen the push yet. No, I'm not seeing that. We're still checking boxes. But for me and, and, and for my generation, you know, I'm raising a son who's a man now who knows that it's acceptable and it's normal for a woman to be at the table and to be have power and yep. have a voice. And so I think that's what's the most important right now. It's not going to happen until Luke and his age are starting to, you know, be in charge and taking those boxes off because they're like, we don't need these boxes. Jen needs to be at this table because she has perspective that's valuable to us. Yeah. She is a valuable person. Yeah. My, uh, I see it. I, so to your point, JB, I agree with other gen that that it, it's somewhat still a requirement but i'm seeing promise and i see promise actually in my 12 year old crazy kid that we we've talked about my when um we the u.s women's national team came here mm -hmm. there, there was a lot going on and the, i wasn't there on a broadcast capacity so tickets were expensive and so we decided just to get three so i got me my daughter marin and my daughter harper and thought this will be great right me and the girls liam was pissed and i was like what he's like why would you think I wouldn't want to go? And I, I actually inside, I was like, oh my God, look cool, look cool. Cause I was getting really emotional. Cause I'm like, do you, you want to go <laughs> well, watch them? Well, you're kind of like thinking, am I part of the problem now? Am I inadvertently <laughs> yes. kind of I perpetuating I did. this I was, I didn't, this stereotype? I didn't think he, and he, he like thinks Sophia Smith is awesome. He thinks, um, he, the, the, the keep the, the call, damn it. I can't talk. The save that Nair made. Um, mm -hmm. he was like, Oh my, that's as good as Roman Berkey. He, he, he's not making the comparison. He's making the comparison from pro to pro not in. And so, yeah, in that moment I was like, Oh dude. And I almost, I should have actually taken him and then Harper. Cause she just asked for the stupid concession stand the entire time. <laughs> it was a waste of money. Um, that's green grass, but can I have popcorn? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Becky Sauerbrunn. <laughs> bye. You know, and then she suckered some poor dad who was sitting yeah. next to me into buying stuff for her. <clears throat> um, but I feel like there's promise in them yes and, and maybe because like you they're seeing me or they're seeing their training alongside you know his team is like just across the field from the girls team the same age many times and sometimes they'll even face off he's he wrestles uh he's wrestled a girl and right. he it, it, the only people well, that made that weird were me and my husband for him he was just like i gotta beat her like, yeah yeah don't you don't you he's like he's looking at me like why are you being weird i'm like because it, it's it, amazing and he's like it's not <laughs> i i think it's important for for you and for i and for all the women you know of our age and generation to model you know and, and make it normal um for these young men because they're the ones let's be honest who are probably going to change this for us yep. right and so my son luke he worked um at a bar in college and um he had the experience of, of me growing up with me walking into a bar 
and being really angry that there were no women's games on the on the 50 million TVs. Thank you. Okay. And so I'm like, we're watching cornhole on this one. We're watching a commercial, <laughs> you know, a 24/7 commercial. Dr- on drone racing. Right. Like, let's. Yeah. This is not okay. So Luke worked at a um, at a bar in Columbia um, for college, and he said, he goes, Mom, you'd be really proud of me. I always make sure I turn on a women's game. I always make sure there's a women's game on the TV. I'm like, that's my son. And but that's what we need to do. Well, right? and that's why I like to come here. I mean, give another shout out to Circle 7. It is not unusual for there to, you know, not, and it's, it's actually a decent position TV. It's not like one that's in a back corner, <laughs> an old tube TV that they kept. There are women's games on, whether it's, you know, NCAA softball, basketball of course when the women's women's women are playing um it i don't have to even ask so before the step was will you not tell me no now i don't even have to ask could it be on a few more (coughs) Uh uh-huh but it's steps right yeah well isn't that also like i mean technically speaking that's part of the fundamental argument, especially in U.S. soccer, between the men and the women, the pay gap, and you know the equality, et cetera, and the argument from a lot of the uh, the, the old school bros are well, let's let's just talk about revenue and it's television and it's if you don't start actually turning the televisions on to other women's sports, you know it, it has to be kind of systematic. It has to be broader, and it has to start. You know, so we all remember when you're growing up, like you know, you either have Camo X radio was a big deal, so games would be on or television station would be on, and who primarily drove that? My dad. And then we watched that, and there uh, there wasn't any more um, interest. I've, I'm one of two, four, two boys, two girls. There was not any more interest from the boys over the girls other than there was nobody like me to watch, right? So maybe there's a connection ability there too. So I think also there's a responsibility on the side to consume it. So if we want women in better locker rooms, I th- remember this with the, you know, the, the WNBA and, and or the, it was March Madness, very different in the way the men sometimes and the women's teams are received at the same time as we want that to be better, agreed. We also have to consume it, right? So when you consume something, you create demand. Yeah, it's, so it's supply and demand. moms and dads, you got to turn on. Now, granted, you have to now turn the kids off of these things called devices. But to be fair, Liam loves, Liam adores watching everything. But if his little phone's in front of him, he will, he'll also try to like watch both. And, and you have to create an environment where we, I have asked my husband at home, just if you're going to turn on a game, just also turn on women, right? Turn it on too, so it's in the background, because you will create that. There is there's this fallacy that that boys are more interested in it. I don't agree. I think it's you see more of what yourself is. You see, and and then what, like you just said, modeling. You know, I also have to stop doing what I'm doing is sit on the couch. George, you go do the dishes and watch this game with my kids. Or, or another Zoom with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, no. or do a side I digress. Stop doing that, by the way. He's got a very big head again. A.D. <laughs> uh, Jin. Uh, <laughs> I have a question about St. Louis in, in particular, uh, in the high school sports world. I <clears> knew <throat> it. I was like, are we going there? We no, no, no. Go You're going to be surprised by this one. And I think and it just kind of occurred to me, listening to your story in the path and talking about Ursuline in particular, and then really when you back up and you look at the landscape in St. Louis, St. Louis is a, is a very... Uh, atypical uh, marketplace when it comes to high school sports. Um, you know, because we have a very d- delineate, th- I would say two delineations. One, public to private, 
and then within the private world, you know, boys' school to girls' school. Um, and in St. Louis, the value, the, 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 the value prop, the, the quality of the private schools, you know, over generations um, are, is very, very high. Within the sports environment, you being an AD at one of those premier female private schools, you know, when you look at SLU, when you look at CBC and all of that, is there nat natural competition, frustration, you know, a way that you operate differently on the women's sports side than maybe what you're seeing on the boys' side? Because we've kind or of... Or the public school side. Yeah, because, they have both. because we are living... We literally live in a marketplace in which we've made that separation uh, you know, for thousands of kids every single year. Is that part of the problem too? Or is that an advantage to focus on growth? So two things that I think of when you ask that question. Number one, um, private girls' schools compared to private boys' schools, the men <coughs> tend to give money to their high schools and the women give that. So if you have a household income, you have a, you know, a wife and a, a husband, the money goes to the, the, the man's high school and not the woman's high school. So you see more money at the private boys schools than you do see at the private girls schools. Interesting. I would not have guessed that. Yep. So we see it all the time. Like if this, this household will donate money to CBC, but they won't donate to Ursuline because they just give all their money to the boys school, their husband's school. Huh. We see that all the time. So when you have households, a married couple, and they have kids, a boy and a girl even, and the mom went to Ursuline, daughter's going to Ursuline, and the dad went to SLU, and the son's going to SLU, what you're saying is the majority of the, the funds are going to the boys' side. How do you guys react to that? Is there a conversation? Is there a strategy? Is there, what do you do to address that yeah so we actually have a whole thing in place at Ursula now while we're teaching our young woman to um, learn to start giving back right now that it becomes just a, a natural habit for them to give back to Ursula that you know they're not you know is not the husband who's ruling the pocketbook who writes the checks who says well, well we're gonna give all the money to slew you know we're, we're um, empowering these young women and teaching them and making it normal yeah, yes we should give to Ursula every year so you can kind of see that too, actually, though, in also just to see the reflection in women's sport, you know, with Angel FC and, and is, 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 you know, funded city is, is, you know, women owned, but let go on the women's side is women who have the means um, to fund and support and build need to, you know, put either what it's not always money. Sometimes it's time, but to invest in that for the, the future of our girls as well. That, that it may not be, we can't just leave it to be man-led. You have to also lead that as women. If you find yourself in the, the ability to do that, those, the actresses that are, that are doing that with you know, Angel FC, I'm hoping we see, I hope we see more. I hope we see a Julie Ertz, right? Re you retire and then start to connect with these and get yeah, another NWSL team. talking about Natalie Portman. Yeah, and, Natalie Portman, yep. thank you. I couldn't, I was bringing up her character in my brain and I couldn't bring up her from Star Wars. I kept seeing the, the Princess white Amadala. face. Yeah, and the, and the red dots on her cheeks. <laughs> That's all I kept seeing. But Natalie Portman, but is, they don't have to be, she, I don't know if she played soccer. It don't have to. You just right. need somebody that's got the means and the funds and the ability and the passion. You know, look at what's his face over at Wrexham, right? He didn't play. Um, yes, but he's beautiful. He is beautiful. Oh, he's, and he's hilarious. Um, we should get him on the show. But, um, yeah, he, let me text him. Yeah, I'll okay. just tweet at him. I, know, let me make sure and get his at right. You do have to get these people involved. And I think women are going to have to do a better job at saying, hey, 
let's do this. Let's fund and build this. I'm, and we've got now more women that can run things like that and can do things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Quick break. You ready for a quick break? I'm ready. I need another. I'm yeah. I'm we got to get refills down. here. It's Circle seven. Circle seven. Des Perez. Yes. A uh, brilliant children's menu, kids menu, because the actual kids <laughs> menu portion sizes are adult size and they have tappers in the booth. And they put Cheetos on mac and cheese. Oh my seven year old loves it. Fire. We'll be right back. back from break soccer mom sunday been having a great conversation with jb anderson and jen brooks but you know i i kind of want to jb jb js yeah yeah and then when when jackie billet was on like both of you are on my phone as jb i'm like who is it getting attacked i was wondering why you were sending me those weird text <laughs> messages <I'm> like <laughs> talking about Oakville. I'm not from Oakville. Remember when we played you? The Wildcats played the Oakville Tigers. I hate you guys. I don't know that guy <laughs> from high school. No. <laughs> but, you know, I we've had a great conversation. I've had an enjoyable conversation so far of, you know, they can be different experiences, but yet they the theme is the same of, of being... Uh, in a place of privilege, as Brie McCarthy would, would tell you from our first episode, is pressure, she tells the girls, pressure is a privilege, and it is. Sometimes it's just pressure and it sucks. And so I feel that where I'm at doing things, I've probably felt that throughout my whole life of playing with boys. And I had a dad, Jen, much like yours, that didn't outwardly come out and be like, hey, you know, do this and do this. But he just treated me as the athlete he saw me and saw oh this best competition is here I signed you up and I walk in I'm the only girl on in on the YMCA basketball quote co-ed league that nobody signed up girl signed up for for me and it was actually very traumatizing um, I learned a ton and it probably tough, toughened me up a little bit but it was super traumatizing for a time but like you had somebody in my life that just just treated you like anybody else in a time when you and I grow up, grew up in it, that wasn't always the case. Absolutely. Right. Um, so where'd you guys want to go with this? Because with, we have an athletic director here, right? Who, well, over, you and I talk <clears throat> soccer a lot, JB, but well, we you, sees all the sports. <clears throat> well, she dropped the, she dropped the uh, teaser for us on, uh, oh, yeah, on the yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently um, you're a big high school football fan. <laughs> <laughs> Teen no. it, it up a little no. bit for you. She loves a pig skin. <laughs> oh, so, okay, welcome to the fall sports high school season. It's the busiest sport season for high school girls. We have six sports right now that the females can compete in. Yet all we see on TV, still in the news, on what, you know, football, boys football. Yep. The highlights, you know, every Friday night I get home turn the TV on and I, I just get mad and my husband's like why do you even do this to yourself I'm like because I, I I know that one day I'm going to turn the TV on and they're going to talk about the volleyball game that happened that night and not just the football game why why do we keep putting so much emphasis I mean come on yeah it, it's maddening to me so Frank Cusimano all the all you people out there who are in charge of high school sports on the news hey Make room for women. We're here. Half the, the students' population, half is female. Why are you ignoring them? You're, you're ignoring a place of, of growth and money is what you're ignoring. A thousand percent. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah, and, it, and it's actually, it saddens me to hear that, though, is that that has not changed. So when you and I were growing up, it was, it was like, yeah, the Post would do a story 
um, on on a high school sport, and it would, in in in, I'll give a nod to the other males in other sports too. They often don't get it either, right? Men's soccer doesn't always get the nod. Maybe City will change that. Um, but yeah, it is football. Um, we we well, are in the Kirkwood <clears throat> School District, and we get an email every week that. We'll give like some highlights of like what's happening. Like this is going to be parent teacher night. This is whatever. And Friday night lights. And I think my husband actually did respond once and goes, you know, you have other teams besides football. Just if you're going to do one, do all. Otherwise, do none. Well, what, what, what about, though, looking at this thing just from a 2023 through a 2023 lens as far as uh, content platforms, for example, um, over on the boys soccer side, uh, they are. They've got a different battle going on. They're they're not, they're not concerned with football or a lot of that. So they're concerned with academies and the growth of academies and losing players and trying to create value within the high school environment. You know, on the field. And one of the things that they're starting to do is work together from a media perspective. Uh, for example, on Twitter. Uh, recently created. It is called, I just pulled it up to look at it. It's called the, sorry, one second, STL's Best 11. Um, and it's at STL's Best 11. And what they did is they reached out to all the uh, soccer coaches across the metro area, east side and west side, and said, hey, after your games, shoot us, nominate best player of the game, other team, your team, whatever. And they started this thing so that they can at least shine a light on, hey, here's 11 kids and you know what school they're at. And those little things, you never know what's gonna be uh, hot or, or that goes, quote, viral, right? So with the tools that are out there, shouldn't sport, high school sports, high school programs, you have the ability to kind of create your own TV networks. Right. I mean, because the old the old I don't watch network television. I'll just start there. So the Frank Cusimano's and things like that, they're feeding into a demo that, in my opinion, is shrinking fast because it's not on Hulu. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is there is there things that you can do? Because also the other, the other side of this is the best distributors of these messages of these stories are your students they are the ones that are living in social media 24 7. so isn't there an opportunity there with things shifting to control the control the narrative from within yes and no you might so, need another global community uh, <laughs> i'll help i'll help on this one <laughs> I, I need help is what i need because yeah. that's just the problem right i'm an athletic director i'm in charge of the scheduling i'm in charge of you know, my coaching staff, officials, there are thousands of things. And recently, you've, we've added social media to that. So now I have become a social media expert. Yeah. And in doing that, then, you know, I, I have to, you know, where do you get the, you have to get the, the great videos and the great, you know, photographs. And how do I do that? And how do I find money for that? You know, and I've got kids who want to create, you know, their own Ursuline, you know, field hockey uh, Instagram. And that's great, but then I also have to keep that, you know, I have to teach them about branding and what looks, you know, what's right. important with that. So yes, while it's there, it's still a huge, huge job and task for one person. In your, in your big public schools, they have access to more kids, they have access to more things. In your smaller private schools, we just don't have that ability yet. 
I mean, I was on the phone. I had a, a, a Zoom call this morning with Webster University and their broadcast uh, teacher have, talking about having interns from that broadcasting degree to come over to Ursuline to start oh, broadcasting great. games. Right. So it's doing those little things that we can you know, we can do. Yeah. You know, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's the solution at all. But, you know, I look at if you back up and you look at the high school football scene, for example, CBC. When you have a Justin Gage on the sideline as an assistant coach in that network and relationship, those stories are going to be told. So it's, you know, it's almost as if, like, I, I look at a lot of this media and I look at the messaging as pipelines. Whereas 15, 20, 30 years ago when we were growing up, there was a single pipe. There was only one place, you know, you know two, four, and five, and the post-dispatch, right? But now there's thousands of pipes that we can go down. Um, Some of them are not good, by the way. <laughs> totally. No, and, and I, think that's, I think that's just it. But yeah. whenever it is good, yeah. they grow fast. True, true. But it kind of reminds me, Jen, of your, your analogy. When you, well, not analogy, your real thing. When you were going in with the athletic directors and you were like, I'm done. And they would you know, spread all their stuff out and you'd like just take and you know, wipe it aside. For, it might be a thing where we... Uh, women our age and, and then we engage you know my, my daughter who is faster with Instagram uh, you might have to have some glitter on it but fine um, that, that, that we engage in that way and we clear some space at least you know we, we don't have to have a big camera and a cameraman and, and, a, and a special mic and, and that kind of set broadcast time where we're able to create a, a community or something that says you know think of this as well you know, shine its own light on itself, and so to speak, like you did. Right. And I think we need all those hashtag girl dads to start calling up those big major news <laughs> outlets. Yeah, let's lean into that, that oh, girl dad. don't get me started on that. Yeah, because that is a big, I see that a lot. And mm-hmm. there, at first, when I first saw girl dad, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, it's not what I just made me my my brain was somewhere else but it was like that looks good and I love your picture and I'm loving that you're either coaching them or um, yeah, bring, what else? B- bring me and other listeners up to speed. Hashtag girl dad because I, I have Jen? three boys. Okay yeah so yeah for sure so I've, I've seen that a lot so usually what when I've seen it and Jen you tell me if it's different is you will see it in uh, dads now that either maybe have their one girl who's an athlete um, I see it. That's where I see it. Or all girls, and they are like, "I'm a girl dad. I'm going to take my girls to all these sports, and I want them to play, and I want to do that." And that's awesome. But the the road to advocacy does not end there. So when you are with in a, are you in your group of dads who is having a beer in the hotel lobby and you're talking in misogynistic disgusting terms that you wouldn't talk around your girls you are not a girl dad if you are in systems that promote misogyny and promote things that are happening and you're witnessing spain and you you go and you see that shit and you you know it's there and you're talking to your daughters about what not to do but you're doing nothing to change the systems that for me it, that's what a girl dad is. You said it me. perfectly. You said it perfectly. I got a little fired up. I'm going to take a drink. I love it. I started yelling. Is it just, is it window dressing basically yes. when you see that? Yes. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes. I think I've got to, I do know a few. Um, they're, they're good, they're, and they're, they're good friends of mine where I'm like, those are dudes that I know that be like, what are you doing right now? What's happening in this conversation? Or 
why, why is there this not opportunity for my stud athlete wherever she is? Or why are there not the same opportunities uh, for the girls' softball team as there are for the men's baseball team? Why is it different? Those for me are girl dads. Absolutely, um, they're coming. It's but it's not. It's we're not raising them everybody. right now. We're, we're raising. Okay, them good right point. Now. Good point. Um, I need to work on that then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, you're you're exactly right. It, it's that. And I saw something recently. I was probably scrolling on because I couldn't figure out how to post something and just it was in scrolling. Reels. It, it was, it in, was reels. in reels for sure. And it was talking about being. And so we're going to get into a part that this podcast is not about. But you you don't you don't have to be a you know misogynistic person to benefit from the systems that are there and you know not pop your head up you've you got your hand in the, your head in the sand and you're you're like i'm not doing it that's great step number one and step number two is breaking that shit and fixing it to be like we like our boys now are seeing it like right. we gotta there's a there's still a gap there between the generations and i would really love for ours to be a participant in it and not just being like oh we're not as bad as our dads we can be better yeah and when i'm, I'm not asking the men to stand on a platform and scream and yell I'm just asking when you see wrong, say, say something about it, right? When you see something, say it, you know, yeah. call it out. It, yeah. And, 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 and I'll call it out in, in our own family. There are times that I've, I've had conversations. I have two boys and two girls and I have it with both are both genders, but that I will have George around and, and I will look at him and go, say something. <laughs> it cannot be just me. Like, I know you're not a participant in it, which we wouldn't be married if you were, but it is a thing and you have power. And if you exude that power with, if we both do that with our kids, they will use that as they're up and coming. George is listening right now, breaking into a cold sweat. <laughs> like, oh my God, what, do, do I, don't, don't I? Just ask him about another call. Just, He'll be fine. Handball or no? Put it on the whiteboard, Offside? Please. Was it offside? <laughs> Yellow card? <laughs> what is it? But no, it's, it's a point where there is a point of saying it, awesome. And then there's a point of, what are you going to do about it? And, and you don't always have, like you said, you don't have to go out and scream on a platform. Oh. It can be as simple as what is currently in your space yep. and reacting to that, going, hi, you know what we're doing down here? Our 15-year-old, 16-year-old daughters are all up in their room, and what would we be thinking about this conversation right here if it were about them? And I guarantee you that everybody in, in a group, I'm thinking of a particular group right now, would be like, oh, hell no. Why are you doing it then? Fix it there. Absolutely. Right there. Yep. So, so how do you, along the lines, because obviously there are no boys at the school that you work at, mm -hmm. um, how, how do you, through sport, how do you address these things, the frustrations, <coughs> excuse me, um, in the, the advocacy and, you know, fighting the fight that you're fighting within the AD, the male-dominated AD world, you know, and then looking at your students and your players, is, is it something that you uh, keep balanced in the lesson or in the conversation in addition to obviously the academics and the athletics? Yeah, definitely. You know, I recognize that they are insulated, right? They sit in these rooms full of women. So they don't know what it's like to have no space for them or to be talking over by another man. And so I have to be intentional about sharing my stories. I have to be intentional about telling them, you know, um, this is what life is going to be like when you go outside of these doors. Um, and then I have to be really, really aware of what I'm modeling for these young women. And that's exhausting. 
Um, but I, I um, honor the privilege of doing that. Um, and, and so in, in, in modeling for them, you know, I need to be authentic, authentic. I need to be vulnerable. I need to, you know, speak up when the male official is mansplaining the rules to me in front of my captains to say, we understand the rules. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. We just think you're a dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop. stop, stop. Uh, That was was for George. Yeah. (laughs) He's good with it. He's fine. He considers it a compliment. (laughs) You know that um, I think that's important when, you know, you know, obviously we have issues and when parents come in and when I have a conversation and their daughter, I make sure their daughter's a part of that conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. You can't, we can't, if the, if the question, the problem is concerning the daughter, they're going to be a part of it. We're going to have to educate them on how to speak for themselves, how to empower themselves. And they're in high school. They're not three. Correct. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so that's important, but I also know that when I'm in those conversations and I have been in conversations where Men have cursed at me. Men have yelled and screamed at me. Men have stood up at the table and I said, sit down, stop talking to me like that, or this conversation will end now. Right. And these young women, I know I'm talking to their dad, but they need to see that there's that a woman can do that, that there's power in that. Yeah. And then you'll be okay. Absolutely. You'll be okay. Yeah. You live to see another day. And that's an interesting thing, though. I, I, there was a player that I coached um, as a youth and then she was making the decision on going to high school. Brother went to Viani. Um, she needed to decide if she was going to go to the public school, which she was really interested in. Good, it was great school. Um, or she was thinking of a private school. And um, she met at the private school. I think it was Narinx, and, and was they were very impressed by all that. And her I, her parents did a great job. Uh, so they had her meet with me as like a th- kind of a third party. And I'm like, I have no st- skin in the game. I don't care what you do. But let's talk about, they did a great job of saying like, kind of here's what you're going to get here. And one of their loves for the private school was being in a place where you're with like people. So you don't worry about some a boy over explaining you or getting attention in areas where you're not, that they're really at the table. But then wondering if she would miss out which is, you know, money is part of the reason Marin is, is not in a private school. But then there's also, it's like, uh, we have to have conversations sometimes about why are you in a group right now where you're doing all the work and you've got three boys in your group that aren't doing shit? Call them to account. Get with your teacher and say, and, and, and be a part of that. So it's an interesting, so I love that with, with D, it was interesting because one was very appealing going to the private school, but then knowing her parents saying she might miss some of those lessons so I love that you're inserting those lessons where they're not going to get them just yet and the other piece of that puzzle too is like you know in sports when we're taking that shot it's muscle memorization right over and over again so if we're sitting in these classrooms where everyone gets to speak their mind when everyone's opinion matters then that's normal to them so that when they exit those rooms and they're sitting at those you know tables and they you know like we've got met a woman in construction and they're like yeah coach i'm definitely the only woman out there but that it's normal for them they've got this they've learned they've learned this is it shell shock though for them at first just curious like like oh and now i got to remember what i learned yeah i would think so a, a little bit but i think they're less shell shocked than i was okay I think they've, I think, you know, they're less, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm proud about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, it's something that you don't think about in that way. I didn't go to private school myself. And so I, I found, found myself in not needing those lessons or thinking, thinking I needing those lessons until uh, later. Yeah. And I'm seeing them again now, uh, right. almost 50 years old. 
So, so <clears throat> talking a little bit more about uh, kind of culture and discipline and, you know, today's environment, I'm going to go back to the digital world. Um, how, how much do you guys pay attention to monitor, engage uh, social media for your athletes, um, either sharing appropriate highlights or inappropriate comments? Because it is, a, it is a completely new factor. It's a new thing over the last five, 10 years that it is, is really permeating all sport, men and women. What, what's your position on that uh, or, or advice for a student that might be coming into the school that wants to play sport? You know, what's, what's, what's good in your eyes and how should they try and manage that? So as the athletic director, I stay away from that. I don't look for it. I don't ask for it. It's better that way. Um, if they um, tag Ursuline, then most likely I will probably re retweet it or like it or something, but that happens um, very few and far between. I will tell you that I had an interesting conversation with a very prominent soccer coach about a year ago. And we were sitting at the table having dinner and she said to me that coaches these days in college are really struggling with the recruitment piece because they're expected to follow these students on social media. But these young women are posting really seductive pictures on social media. So these male coaches are really feeling uncomfortable following their, these prospective student athletes because of that. That was not what I, when you started yeah. the story, that's not where I expected no, it to go. I just was like, holy Whoa. shit. That's right? what I want to say. That's right. A, that's a red Corvette. That's not the, 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 the blue wagon I thought was coming down the road. Yeah. I never looked at it that way. Me yep. neither. But that's like, I mean, that's brilliant advice in and of itself, just in, in the simplicity of the story. If you want to play at a higher level, whatever sport is, and potentially if your pathway lands at schools, that are male staffs, they're not going to follow you if you do that stuff. It, it, I didn't really think about it from that perspective of being a risk yeah. for that yeah, coach. Yeah, she's like, it makes us uncomfortable. I'm scrolling <clears throat> through all these things looking for highlights or just because I want them to know that I'm interested in them. But am I supposed to like this really picture well, where they're half naked? You know, now that you say that, um, I, on Instagram, <laughs> I have a personal where it's you know if people try to connect with me I have to approve it and then I have a the the mind to define which I leave open but I do I have learned the hard way to check it um and I've gotten uh weird stuff from both well who knows who's on the other end of it right who I think might be somebody who's male and I'm like no and somebody who's and one I almost blocked and turns out when I scrolled a little bit more I'm like oh my God, she was in a team training I did, but I did not think of her as being that softball player because that's not the lead picture. And I'm not That doesn't saying, look like your uniform. Yeah, and so I'm not saying, again, I, and it's a weird thing, and I, I have this conversation with my daughter a lot. We're, we're, I want to fight the same way that my mom and did over, uh, my mom and I did over what you wear and stuff like that, and I know things are different now, and I get it, but to an extent, there are times, she will go to Kirkwood's Friday Night Lights, she has, I'm like, what are you doing, why are you going to football, <laughs> sorry, football, but I'm like, I, I had to protest that when I was in high school and not go because of, of this stuff, and she's like, mom, it's a good, I have a good time with my friends, I'm like, fair enough, and I'm like, what are you wearing, and so most of the time, she's really good, but there's definitely some old school stuff I know in my head and that her view of her body is very different than the time that I grew up in 
but dang, if you're right, if you're using your account to connect in a way that's almost business-like, you may have to be, you have to teach them earlier is what do you want to be front facing? Well, and doesn't that apply to both the athletic and the academic side? Because realistically, you know, I, 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 I've ran a lot of businesses over the last few years. And when somebody is interested in working with us, I don't look at the resume they emailed me. I go straight to their social platforms. So yeah, every time I hire a coach, I go right to their social media. Yeah. So for kids yeah. like that, I don't think they understand like how important that brand identity is, whether you are a soccer stud, a volleyball stud, or the, the best calc student looking to go build rockets. If you're an asshole on social media or disrespectful, I don't want you. It's a character thing. So this was pre-pandemic. I'm at a conference award ceremony. We have a keynote speaker, okay? And we, in each of our schools, we nominated about three young women. So you figure about 30 or so young women are sitting in this room. And the keynote speaker starts by saying, I looked every one of you up on social media. And 29 of them walked out. And you should have seen them go, what? And then she proceeded to say, some of you should close your accounts. Whoa. <laughs> now, these kids were nominated for really prestigious things. Now, you're going to, uh, so I'm, I'm going to do devil's advocate and not because I'm not really, I'm just trying to propose thinking through the lens that I feel like sometimes my kids let me into occasionally. I wonder if their generation is going to go, but yeah, but that's just one part of me. I am a multi, I am a multi-dimensional faceted person who has lots of interests in whatever and you know, Jen, when we grew up, you couldn't be, this sounds awful, but you couldn't be pretty and play sports. Oh, Lord, no. Jesus Christ. Why are you going, you get it. I was, yeah. You couldn't wear a dress? No. And, I was a jock. That's all I was. Thank you. I was and a tomboy. You, you had to, that, tomboy. Uh. And you had to look the part. You had, yep. And if you ever went outside your part, people are like, oh, what happened? Like, what are you doing? But I still feel that, I still feel that way. I used to, up until very recently when I said, I'm not going to let myself feel that way. But when I would walk into these rooms with men, right? When I'd go into these AD meetings, I thought, okay, do I dress athletic today? Or I've got other things I need to go to today, so I was gonna dress nicer, but if I have too many bracelets on, and if I have too many, my earrings are too dangly. I or, know! Like, that's crap. Because you know those guys didn't sit in front of their closet going, what should I wear today? No, you know, they, no, they didn't. Right? So, <laughs> they didn't. I had which, more which, time. which pair of gray sweatpants am I gonna wear today? <laughs> which, which ones? But no, it's a, it's a great point, and so, I'm trying to extend the brain a little bit on a Friday as we're recording, which it's tapped out, but and say, okay, I don't want to create the same relationship with it that I had for my daughter. Mm. But at the same time, like, so look, let's get a celebrity. A celebrity probably has a personal account where they're only, I mean, I haven't been invited in yet on Roman Berkey's personal network, but I'm waiting for the invitation any day now. Um, well, but he's listening. You'll get it. I tomorrow. hope so. So, you know, I mean, just saying, <laughs> I'm thinking that what he presents on his public account is very different than what he might put with friends and family or whatever. It might have to be that perspective for them where it says you can still be your authentic self, but which not everybody gets the privilege of seeing all the selves. Right. My job as an athletic director is also to be a teacher. So I have to take those moments and make them teachable moments and say that, you know, you do look great or that looks like a lot of fun. However, in this genre, in this space, it's not we can't have it there. You got to put it over here. Yeah, there's appropriate. And, and, and we teach them that all the time, by the way, we, we right. do like. 
I, my, so my 12 year old boy got in trouble. Uh, we got a little, I knew it, I knew it was coming. And of course it's PE. You think, why is it PE? Well, Liam is maybe a little over competitive being a select soccer player and doesn't understand that maybe not everybody in that class would like He's to be. playing dodgeball when everybody else is stretching. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> and, and he, after much prompting, cause he couldn't, and I'm using air quotes, couldn't remember said incident. Then he was <clears throat> able to completely show me his Spider-Man move as they were doing their walk and talk. And I was like, dude. Um, and so we talked about appropriate behavior in appropriate environments, that there's nothing wrong with being at, at the park and running with your friends and doing your Spider-Man move, but in PE, even though it's different than sitting in your ELA class, there is appropriate behavior and there's inappropriate behavior. They know these things. We, we have, when you walk into the library, what does everybody start doing? Whispering. And then my seven-year-old's like, why are they doing that? And then I had to explain that. But we know that when the, when the theater lights go down, if you're in a movie theater, what starts to happen? Phones are supposed to, go, supposed to go off. You shouldn't be talking. Those things that it's just another, I wonder if it's another way we teach them that this is a different environment. It's hard because we don't see it physically. It's a different environment. And so behavior will change. And you need to know that and be smart about that. And it's hard to also, since we didn't grow up with this, because you can't document any stupid shit I did Thank in God. the 80s. Thank you. In <laughs> 90s, it's your word against mine. Yep. But it maybe a still yeah. photo that, that, you know, I can give a different story about. But that, other than that. Yeah, that would have been 30 to life. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's, it's a, I wonder if it's, it's also a new parenting and coaching and teaching skill that we all have to have with a generation who quite, who knows more about some of the stuff than we do. And we have to be okay with saying no. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I like that word. That's actually, a perfect a drop. I like that drop. <laughs> uh, AD Jin, Coach Jin, <laughs> non Doctor Jin. Yeah, he started with Seuss. It was fun. Oh my gosh! I yeah, I totally botched that. It was this awesome. was a lot of fun. <laughs> really appreciate your time. This was really great. We Thank also you. we like to commit them to a part two right here on. So we say it out loud at yep. some point in time. Yeah, Wait, part two. Yeah, no, because she's like, no, no, no. The NC-17 version will be when I come back, when I'm retired. Yes. We want retired jailers, too. Yes. <laughs> so you'll have to follow the show so that whenever uh, AD Jen comes back and she's got free will, it's going to be explosions, rockets. Hey, I appreciate the invitation to your table. This has been you. a lot of fun. Thanks for making you. it for me. Cool. And me good first, thanks. Yeah, good luck with the rest of the year in the, in the sports. Uh, uh, who's killing it right now at Ursuline? Which which team? Is, I've uh, got a freshman cross country runner that's going to light things up this year, friends. Really? Better get out there, uh, Network TV News. Let's go, <laughs> Frank Cusmano. You better go catch up. I, I mean, he can't. He's not going to run. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to run to do that. You just get one camera. It looks like you were there the whole time. Parents that's what do drones it. are for. Drones. There you I, go. Well, I think of like the Tour de France, like the people that go to the Tour de France. You sit there, you're ready for the party, and the peloton goes by. You wait all day long, and it goes by. <laughs> then what? You should what come you? to these cross country meets. These parents are running all over the place. Oh my God. <laughs> Not I, for I don't, me. yeah, no. No, I'm drone. I'm drone a it is. Drone. drone. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jen, you're going to roll us out here? Oh, yeah. So what, what do we do? Is there a formal outro? I don't think we've ever done. I don't remember. No, I think we should just thank our hosts. and Yeah, uh, we, thank, we thank, yeah, Circle 7 and De, De Pere, Des Perez. They have two locations. This is the one by my house, which yeah. I love. Give, give, give the show a follow. Send it to a friend. Yeah, and, do those uh, things. And, like, we have, this is episode number 
six. I think so. So thanks, Jen, for being a part of what is, you know, a growing, evolving, changing experience for me. <laughs> I love growing and evolving. And and when I when JV tells me that some of the numbers compete with the soccer dad pod who's been on for longer, I'm like, yes. Yes. So thank I, you. I, look, I'm not going to lie. The, the stories are resonating. I mean, it's, it's the whole supply and demand argument, right? Uh, it, they're up. And I think that these stories are... It's a whole side of the equation, not in an attempt to be equitable. It's because they're good stories. Yeah. And it, it just adds value to the overall narrative. So kudos to everybody. Thanks for lending a voice to unheard voices. And eventually, it'll be so normal that it will be boring. I love it. Isn't that what we're working for? That's the goal. <laughs> no more check boxes. No more check boxes.